Welcome to Stuff from the Science Lab from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, this is Allison Lattermilk, the science editor at HowStuffWorks.com. And this is Robert Lamb, science writer at HowStuffWorks.com. So, Allison, you've got a dog, right? I do have a dog. Yeah, I have uh, I have a cat myself. And uh, I think one thing that these two uh, species share in, in, uh, in common is uh, the ability uh, to vomit, like, on a daily basis. <laughs> and not, not only the, the, the ability, but just the willingness and, and sheer desire to vomit yeah, it does seem like I spend a lot of my life these days cleaning up accidents, either of the pet or children variety. The thing that gets me about the cat is that she will only vomit on things like carpet or like we have hardwoods and then we have like some areas of carpet and like she will, you, you'll hear her like vomiting. I'll be in the night and I'll, I'll hear this <laughs> of her warming up to the vomit and I'll, and I'll wake up. I could be in like a deep dream state and I'll wake up and I'll be like, all right, she's in the house. She's about to vomit. So I go and find her and she'll be on this little rug, right? About to upchuck. And I take her off and I set her on the hardwoods because at least if she vomits on the hardwoods, it's I can, easier to clean up, easier to clean up, set her on the hardwood. And then she scampers over to another carpet. Like she can only throw up on a carpet. It is true. They do display a remarkable propensity for display for, for puking on carpet. Why is that? Do our dogs the same way? Yeah, they are. Huh. They love to, to throw up on a carpet. But the the point of this barfing uh, <laughs> anecdote is that uh, it makes both of us pretty glad that we don't have Komodo dragons because, yes. you know, cat throw up, dog throw up is nothing compared to what you might see uh, come out of a Komodo dragon after it, it ate, say, a goat. Yeah. And if you're wondering what this looks like, do a YouTube search for Komodo dragon and vomit and you'll get to see a lovely video set to some really, uh, really interesting musical choice, uh, vomiting up a partially digested goat leg. So now that we've um, thoroughly upset your stomach, let's tell you why we're talking about Komodo dragons. Robert and I over at uh, HowStuffWorks.com have been immersed in um, writing content for this upcoming really neat series that's going to premiere on the Discovery Channel called Life. You you watch Planet Earth, and this is this is the same bunch of people, the same just completely addictive thing, uh, beautiful footage of uh, just some of the amazing tidbits from our natural world. Right. So planet Earth was habitat focused and uh, life will be focused on the amazing species populating uh, our planet and their remarkable behaviors. And in one of the episodes on reptiles and amphibians, the Komodo dragon is... Uh, Prominently featured, yeah. And Robert and I were very, very impressed by the Komodo dragons because you see them in the zoo and, you know, they're not doing much. Maybe they're fed a frozen rat or something. They're kind of lethargic, as they tend to be, cold-blooded. They're not exerting any more energy than they need to. And, and let me point out, at least they have the excuse of being cold-blooded, unlike the panda, which just sits there, warm-blooded, not doing anything, and gets all the attention. That's a separate tangent, but anyway. So we really wanted to do a podcast on those crazy Komodos that we've been writing about. And just for those of you who are interested, the series is going to premiere in March 2010. Mm-hmm. Unless you know, if you're British, you've already seen it. So let's give you a quick introduction to the Komodo dragon. <laughs> the Komodo is about nine feet long. It lives over on a limited range of islands uh, in Indonesia, one of which is Komodo Island. And it's the most intelligent and the largest lizard in the world. Yeah, and this uh, this is a top predator we're talking about here. The only thing that eats Komodo dragons is other Komodo dragons. I mean, unless you're going to some pretty strange restaurants, you're not going to find it on the menu. Um, and when I say they eat other Komodo dragons, uh, like like a lot of species, they'll eat their their own if they happen to be wounded or weak or dead. Uh, the Komodo dragon is really big. Uh, the Komodo dragon will eat fresh food. It'll it'll kill something and eat it. But if it's something's been sitting around, it's a little rotten. 
you know, the Komodo dragon's not gonna, <laughs> not gonna pass that up. Uh, so yeah, it'll eat a, it'll eat one of its, uh, its own of its rotting on the side of the, the path. But, uh, they're also quite fond of their own young. A female Komodo dragon will, uh, lay the eggs in a burrow and then just leave them. Uh, Komodo dragons have no further role in the raising of the young. So it's not practicing, say, att- attachment parenting. Right. No, it, it's definitely no mammal. They want to practice, uh, like, ingestion parenting, uh, because if they find any of the, the smaller, uh, like, hatchling uh, Komodos, they will eat them up. So, uh, luck, well, luck- how does the hatchling present- prevent this? Well, they have two, two methods. Uh, one method is to pretty much live in the trees. And uh, Komodos can climb trees uh, when they really want to, but these guys will stay up in the higher branches and just stay out of sight. The other tactic is, of course, to roll themselves in fecal matter. Oh, of course. Because it's like the Komodo dragon will eat just about anything, but it's not that big on, on and eating things that are, um, that are, you know, covered in crap. More on that later. Um, this, it's a great podcast. You get your vomit and your crap content all in one. <laughs> so yeah, in terms of other things they'll eat though, they'll, um, they'll take down, ed, um, things like, uh, like deer. They'll take down, uh, you know, rats or whatever, you know, smaller, uh, animals. But then, uh, they'll even take down water buffalo occasionally. And, uh, we're going to get more into the, the hunting technique they use in a, in a, in a minute. Cause it just, it's like takes weeks while they wait for the thing to die. And then when it's time to eat it, they just throw themselves at it, the, the big ones anyway. You end up having this kind of like circle of feeding uh, with the Komodos. Yeah, it's communal, but it's not really generous per se. No, no, it's not It's not like a Thanksgiving dinner or not like my Thanksgiving dinners. Some families probably do it differently. It, it would be like if your Thanksgiving dinner consists of like your three largest uncles rolling around in a carcass and, and eating. And throwing elbows. And throwing elbows. And then like the smaller members of the family are on the. Like grandma. Outskirts. Yeah, grandma's on the <laughs> outskirts just trying to like reach in and grasp a chicken leg. And then all the little kids are just out in the bushes hoping that the, their other family members don't eat them while they're waiting for scraps. That's pretty much what you have. And they will eat. Uh, pretty much everything. These guys clean their plates. Researchers have observed them eating upwards of 80% of their own body weight. Like when they're through, they're just completely like dragging gut back to their burrows. They're, um, it's just amazing. These guys had recliners. They'd be bellying up for hours in front of the TV after. Yeah. And, and it's, and the thing is they can't necessarily digest everything. They can digest a lot, but like say they eat some hide, some bone some antlers or something, they can't digest that. So a little later, they just vomit it all up in this uh, just disgusting-smelling ball known as a gastric pellet. Oh, it even has a word. Yeah, but it doesn't really look like a pellet. It more looks like a, like a basketball made of <laughs> half-digested goat. There are some animals out there that aren't big on eating the actual guts of an animal. Um, the Komodo will, but like we said earlier, the, the little ones roll around in the crap so that they won't get eaten. So, so the Komodo, before it'll eat the intestines... It will take them in its mouth and sling them around. Like a lasso. Yeah, so that all the, 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 the fecal matter goes flying out into the forest. And then, once it's nice and clean, they'll, uh, they'll eat the guts as well. They'll partake of the intestines. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so delicious. They are ravenous and, and vile creatures, but we, we still love them. Amazingly cool, too. So let's talk about some of their hunting techniques. I mean, how would a Komodo dragon take down a water buffalo, say? A live one. Because, like we said, they'll eat the dead one. But a live water buffalo is a different proposition. Well, part of it is ambush. I mean, really, all they need to do is they need to sit around and wait for some great ambling beast to come by. And they need to land one good bite. And Mm -hmm. why do they need to land one good bite? Well, because they have venom. 
Yeah. And uh, their mouths are really just this crazy cocktail of bacteria and venom. So even if the bite doesn't kill the animal uh, instantly, the, the venom and the bacteria will uh, do their work, and the animal, no matter how big, will likely die. I think it takes a, a goat-sized animal about four days. Um, the buffalo took took much longer than that. But you, again, you can watch this in life. It's really an amazing scene. And they have a, the, it's a mouthful of just serrated teeth, too. So it's a pretty nasty bite anyway. Even It's even like a mouthful it's, of steak knives or something. Yeah, Dirty, nasty snake knives. Yeah, and some of the toxins in there, one of them causes intestinal cramps and uh, makes the animal, the prey, more sensitive to pain. And then you have another toxin in there that causes hypothermia. And then, of course, as if that weren't enough, um, other toxins will make the animal just bleed like crazy. And from the outside, like the prey looks stunned and mm-hmm. just kind of quiet. Yeah, one of the interesting things uh, about the uh, like the water buffalo that they study in life is that they actually observe the wound healing up, uh, but the the but the uh, the venom was was you know doing its work inside the animal, so. So beside the venom, we have stuff like the tongue. Um, so if you're not Hanging out at a watering hole with a great big water buffalo, you have to find your prey, right? Well, mm-hmm. the the tongue is actually the Komodo's smelling mechanism. So kind of get in your head this picture of a lizard flicking its tongue out. Mm-hmm. So what it's doing with its tongue is it's flicking it out and it's catching air molecules. And then it's scraping them on the inside of its mouth and it's analyzing them, essentially. And the forked tongue is giving you directions. For example, like if the tongue's left fork has more scent molecules than the dragon knows you're hiding on the left. And so it's just constantly flicking its tongue back and forth to follow its prey. So it kind of like smells in 3D. Yeah, it's a it's a funky tongue. And then of course we have the teeth. Mm-hmm. You know, once you once you get in close to the to the prey, then you can land that bite. But their their teeth are and the jaws are really not that impressive. I mean, they have the steak knives and everything, but the the bite itself is I think similar to a cat's strength. It's it's not very it's not very strong. Mm-hmm. What really is the secret weapon is the venom. So once the Komodo dragon eats its prey, and I, I mean eating kind of loosely because it doesn't chew before swallowing. It just kind of ingests yeah, whole like a snake. It can unhinge its jaws and it can open them to swallow these just like ginormous chunks of meat that are larger than their heads. Yeah, it's like Fogo de Chao or any of those big steak chains, you know. Right. So can you picture yourself going to one of these like Brazilian meat places and unhinging your jaw and just like, you know, imbibing whole this giant steak? Yeah, that's kind of what the Komodo does. There's generally one table of Komodo dragons at most uh, major steak restaurants like that. Don't sit next to them. Once it ingests this huge mass of meat, it, uh, it travels undigested to the stomach and the stomach you know, stretches as it, as it needs to do. And there's a very powerful stomach acid there, which can dissolve a lot of those crazy parts that the Komodo just ate. But not everything, as Robert has thoughtfully pointed out. Tell me about the people who were shipwrecked on the on the island with Komodo dragons. Yeah, so there's a news story a ways back about um, some divers who were left stranded on a, on a diving expedition. They swam to shore and, woo, they were so excited. They finally made land and um, they had to wait for a rescue, I guess, Somebody, I don't, I don't know how they got said rescue, but they got onto this island, and the island happened to be populated by Komodo dragons. And the Komodo dragons, of course, have this very keen sense of smell, and they were uh, able to spot the divers. And so, for the next few days, while the divers waited for rescue, they had to fight off Komodo dragons <laughs> by like screaming at them and throwing rocks at them. So, can you imagine? I mean, you finally swim to shore, you know, you're on a tropical island. It's kind of like lost. 
Yeah. Perhaps. Except shorter duration if you're on the uh, the island of the Komodos. And eventually you get saved, but not before having to fight off Komodo dragons yeah, and they are, your life. Yeah, they are not above uh, taking on human prey, especially if, if you're wounded. And they're protected species, so you get shipwrecked on a, a, an island full of Komodos, you can't very well just go around braining them in the head with rocks and frying them up yourself. And good luck competing with them, right? So did you interview the guy? Yeah, yeah, did actually. Did the life uh, sequence? Yeah, I interviewed uh, one of the, uh, the cameramen on that particular shoot. And it really, really, uh, really fascinating story, just the, the filming of it, because they had to just, they had to march miles, uh, to this site, to this watering hole, uh, every day. They couldn't actually, uh, spend the night out there because it was too dangerous. Um, and, you know, they had, to, they had to stay at this camp. So they're lugging all this equipment out, and then they ended up just having to wait for this to happen. Wait for these Komodos to, because the water buffalo is a, is a pretty dangerous prey. It can trample the dragon. It can uh, it can Has use its horns. horns. Yeah. So it, it like I say, they're opportunists. So it's like it's a matter of one of these dragons getting cocky enough and hungry enough to to dare to take that bite, and then it's weeks of waiting uh, for the thing to die. And so they had to sit there and wait for the water buffalo to die and and trail uh, it all over the island. Yeah, and they end up getting really attached. I mean, maybe not attached, but you know, if you're watching like a pack of, you know, eight Komodos um, you know, waiting to devour a water buffalo, basically w- devour it alive, you know, who are you going to sympathize with? Not the dragon really. So, um so there was a whole emotional side to that and then just just being around like two dangerous creatures cuz the water buffalo gets spooked, it can run you over. Uh, and the uh, the Komodos, like I say, they're not opposed to taking a bite out of a human if the opportunity presents itself. Did the staff have any close calls? Yeah, yeah, they did. Well, they had some some local guides uh, that came along with them with sticks. Uh, they would just kind of like push them out of the way if they got too close to the camera. But there was one scene he was telling me about where um, this was early in the uh, the chase. I guess the the water buffalo still had a fair amount of energy, and the water buffalo was moving through the forest. And the Komodos were were chasing after it. So uh, the cameraman, the life uh, camera crew, they just said, "Hey, let's we're going to flank these, this uh, this buffalo, get ahead of it, film it coming towards us, and then we'll film the the Komodos following it." And I think it was like uh, like there, there were five Komodos uh, trailing the water buffalo at that time. So he gets ahead. They both get ahead. They set up the camera, and they only see four Komodo dragons. And oh no! Then, oh yeah, no! Yeah, and then one of the dudes is like, like, hey, they're just four. And then the other guy goes, goes, hey, you know, behind you. Look, turns around, and there's a komodo coming right behind him. Like the komodo had the same plan as the cameraman to flank the prey. Oh man! And you know, one bite from those guys, and uh, you know, it's not a pretty picture. Yeah. So you guys are gonna have to check out Life when it comes out because it's a pretty amazing series. Might even make you want to get a pet komodo. I don't know. <laughs> Think on that one. You'll look pretty awesome being the only person in your neighborhood with a Komodo on a chain. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So if you have any thoughts about Komodos or just want to send us an email, you know where to find us, stuff at HowStuffWorks.com or brush up on Komodo Venom over at the site. Or come check out the blogs. Uh, we're going to be uh, blogging quite a bit about life when it starts airing and uh, uh, as well as any other interesting scientific tidbit that comes our way. All right, thanks for listening, guys. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage.